RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of City Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and as always, we are happy that you are here to listen to this thing we call a podcast. Excited about this week's show, my favorite women's tag team of all time is the beautiful people and we're going to be talking to one half of the beautiful people angelina love this week and uh, hear her story and her opinion uh, thoughts and opinions on everything going on in in women's wrestling and there's a lot going on in in the entire sport of professional wrestling but also uh in women's wrestling as well obviously uh uh, with WrestleMania coming up and uh, the road to WrestleMania and, and all elite wrestling. And, and they're setting up a women's division that they're trying to uh, give women an equal spot as is WWE. So uh, we'll talk to her about that and her experiences with TNA uh, and Impact Wrestling, uh, where she had a long and sometimes on and off again uh, career. Do want to uh, hit on a couple of things. Um, I had mentioned last week that Frankie Kazarian was going to be on the show uh, to talk about the press conference, and um, I made I, I saw the press conference, and uh, it, it basically it was what it was. They announced a date and the place for Double or Nothing. They announced some new talent, including. Chris Jericho and uh, Pac, formerly known as Aaron Neville, uh, uh, Joey Janela, a couple other guys. Um, but I, it, I, I didn't think that there was enough meat on the bone there to, you know, you only have so many chances to get a guy like uh, like Frankie Kazarian on to talk about, you know, what's going on with all elite wrestling. And I was hoping they would announce TV. Uh, they didn't announce TV, although I do understand that they have several major offers uh, that they're mulling over and that TV will be a big part of it. So I called an audible not to use this as one of my chances to goodwill chances to get Frankie Kazarian on. Uh, but uh, I, I just thought it was a standalone. It is what it is. They, they, they introduced the players. They talked about what they wanted to do and, uh, you know, brought out Chris Jericho, like I said, which was a major deal at the end and gave the date and the place for for all in double or nothing. So it was what it was. Excited about the promotion. Excited that my buddy Alex Marvez is going to, it looks like is going to have a chance to be in the wrestling business. How full circle is that? We had Alex on uh, uh, about six, eight months ago and telling the story kind of like uh, of us growing up to be as fans and me making it in the wrestling business. And all these years later, I'm still hanging on with a podcast and it looks like, uh, looks like he's going to be a part in one way or the other of uh, all Elite Wrestling. So very happy for Alex Marvez. Congratulations. And hopefully uh, we'll be able to get him on uh, from time to time as well as Frankie to talk about uh, big topics of that promotion. But uh did want to thank Frankie for offering to come on. Uh want to wait until they announce a TV deal and then we'll get Frankie and or Alex on and get a little inside scoop on that and what's going on in that promotion. But uh was excited to see that... Uh, that that uh, they're making taking steps and uh, bringing talent in and starting to get their roster together. Hey, you know, you know my story with the XWF. It's not easy starting from scratch, and uh, uh, it, you know, 
uh, the money might be there, but you got to, you know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of work to be done, uh, you know, all the way from uh, booking talent. Talent's the easy part, uh, pretty much. It's the uh, the producers, the directors, the uh, the the promoters, the uh, the makeup people. Uh, how do you get your equipment from this one place to another every week for TV? Where are you going to tape TV? Uh, how are you going to fill up the buildings? Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of intangibles that go into a product, a uh, major league product that. Uh, that people don't think about, that I didn't think about, even though I was with WCW and saw every week us going around the world. Uh, when 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 you have to be a part of it and you have to, you're in charge of putting it together. It's uh, it's, it's sometimes daunting. Uh, interesting to see where Kenny Omega will land. Uh, I I think he probably now uh, has a big dollar sign over his head, and uh, it'd be it'd be interesting to be Kenny Omega right now. Let's just put it that way. Nobody knows except for him what he's agreed to, if he's agreed to anything, and what the other offers have been, what the offers are. But uh, be interesting to look back sometime if you did a tell-all about this period of his career where he's the hottest free agent in the history of not maybe not the history of the wrestling business, but the last 10, 15 years for sure, uh, if not 20. So be interesting to see where he lands. Uh, sources say that WWE offered him insane money, uh, life-changing money. Uh, and, uh, but I know he's buddies with those guys at all elite. I know that he also has also has to be hard for him, uh, to walk away from new Japan pro wrestling, which gave him the opportunity to be in this position. So, uh, interesting times. And, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Do want to give huge props to, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, did a great job, uh, with a tribute to Mean Gene Oakland on Monday Night Raw. Just thought it was very well done. Uh, you could tell it came from the heart, and it was cool to hear him talking about booking the matches uh, in heaven and and, and uh, having a cocktail with Bobby and and uh, stuff that same kind of stuff that as uh, that that I've been thinking about uh, over the past couple of weeks since the news dropped. Uh, I thought he did a great job of articulating it with emotion and with heart, putting it together. Uh, you know, Hulk gets called out for every little tiny thing that he does wrong, and and he's the first person to admit that he is far, far, far from perfect and has made a lot of mistakes in his life. Uh, but. Uh, wanted to call him out for doing something that I thought was not only an entertaining, fitting way to pay tribute to Gene Okerlund, uh, who I know he was close with, but also, uh, uh, you know, to do it in a platform like Raw, where fans, uh, new fans and old fans and everybody could appreciate what exactly Mean Gene was to this business. So uh, good on you, Hulkster. And um and uh, God bless me, Gene Okerlund. It's been been tough for me. I got to admit, I've uh, uh, been listening to some other podcasts where they talk about Gene Okerlund. And uh, he was one of a kind, that's for sure. And uh, again, will be deeply missed as we talked about last week. Uh, so that's about it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, if you want to uh, put give me your input on any of the the thoughts I've just expressed on All Elite Wrestling, on Hulk Hogan, on... Uh, on anything on Kenny Omega, uh, be sure to follow me at, at David Penzer, all one word. You can follow the podcast at Penzer Ringside, all one word. And uh, 
we are looking to next week, a little next week plug, if all goes right and a lot could go wrong. <laughs> a lot could go wrong with this one. But if all goes right, we are planning on having uh, Teddy Hart on uh, City Ringside and I go way back with Teddy uh, back when I was doing In Your Face bookings uh, back in 2001, 2002 uh, when his father called me who's a fantastic guy and uh, his father of course is uh, uh, related to the Hart family uh, married to one of the Hart uh, daughters and uh, asked me if I would be an exclusive booker for Teddy and Jack Evans and some of those guys uh, out of Calgary, Natty a little bit, and even a little bit of uh, Tyson Kidd. And um, so I work with them, and, and, and although I loved, uh, I loved his dad, uh, as we all know, Teddy uh, is a unique guy. So it was challenging, and, and I think he's had challenges in his career uh, for the last 20 or so years. And But there's no doubt about the fact that he's one of the most talented, charismatic guys that's come across to business. And if he didn't have, uh, you know, certain – I don't know if I want to call them demons, but certain uh, uh, issues uh, – I don't even know that issues is the right word. Uh, he's, just a, he's just a different kind of cat – and speaking of cat, because uh, he always has a cat or two around him, which is one of the unique things about him. But I, I, uh, I think he could have been one of the biggest talents in the business. But he's Teddy Hart, and he has his own little idiosyncrasy. Idiosyncrasy. Help me out, Jerry. Idiosyncrasies. Secrecies. It's easy for you to say. Secrecies. It's it sounds wrong, but um. Since he since he has those idiosyncrasies, uh, it is what it is. But he's making a bit of a comeback, so we're going to be hoping to talk to Teddy Hart and what should be an interesting conversation if all goes well. So cross your fingers. And without further ado, I want to bring on this week's guest, one half of my favorite women's tag team of all time, the beautiful people. She's a six-time uh, TNA champion. Please welcome the one and only Angelina Love. Ladies and gentlemen, you may not know this, although I said it earlier in the show, and I think I said it last week, uh, my favorite women's tag team of all time has been and continues to be the team known as the Beautiful People. I just always thought that uh, uh, they put a lot of uh, a lot of thought uh, into their entrance and their, their, their tag team ability. And um, also two lovely ladies, and we are... Uh, we are honored to have one here, one half of the beautiful people, TNA original and legend. Please welcome Angelina Love. Welcome to City Ringside, Lauren. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for making us sound so cool. Jeez. No, I just and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna want to talk about it uh, a little bit later. But uh, you guys, you know, somebody and I'm assuming it was you guys uh, uh, put a lot of thought into every detail of your entrance and your music and your choreography. And you know, a lot of people just get out there and they get in the ring and they they perform some cool high flying double team moves and they think that. That that's cool, and it is cool too. But you know, the the it's it's a show, it's show business. So um, you guys really, uh, I think, changed the game a little bit. But we'll talk about that a little bit later, if you don't mind. Um, so just, sure. I, I know, um, I know you were from Toronto. 
and I knew that if uh, the internet is to believed, and most of the time it isn't, uh, that Shawn Michaels uh, was, uh, you were a big fan of Shawn Michaels, is that true? Yes. Oh my goodness. I was in love with him <laughs> when I was like 14. I was completely convinced at some point I was going to manage him at a WrestleMania one day. Well, there's still time. He just came back, so you never know. <laughs> you know, roads take you some places. You never know. <laughs> but uh, so how'd you get involved in Professor? I always thought that you got involved uh, through uh, Border City and Scott Demore, but uh, the Internet says differently. So what? Uh, tell us uh, what how you got involved. Yeah, I mean, I did work for Demore very early on um, in my career. I actually, as a teenager, when it was still WWF at the time, it was WWF.com, they used to have, like, games on there. And one of them was, like, a trivia game. And there was always, like, these little questions. And then you could have little, like, there was little chat rooms, too, where, like, the people who were participating in the game could talk to each other. So um, I was about 18, maybe, 17 or 18. And I was um, talking to a guy who was an independent um a ring announcer actually for independent shows. And I was like, Oh my God, like I want to get involved in wrestling so bad, but like, I have no idea where to go or what to do or what to look for or who to talk to. So he, um, just searched online for me and ended up like emailing me, uh, a couple independent promotions in and around Toronto, uh, like their, uh, their website addresses or whatever. So I kind of looked them up and I was like, Whoa, there's all this wrestling around me. I had no idea. Um, so, yeah, I, I had my best friend Julie come over and, and, you know, take some awesome pictures of me in my backyard and uh, just, to, just to have something. And I just wrote up a little bio for myself and um, sent the, just emailed them to the promoters of those independent uh, companies. And um, I got some pretty quick responses and started doing shows probably like a month or two later, whenever their following shows were. And then, you know, it just goes from there. I was probably on the indies for... Uh, a year, maybe, before I started working for Demore, I think. So and then you, I think I was just managing and doing, um, like, the backstage interviews. Because I don't think I had trained to wrestle yet at that time. Oh, so you were just doing, like, a valet manager type thing. I was going to say, how would you start doing shows immediately? But that would make sense. I thought maybe yeah. you just started in the ring and uh, faked your way through it. Which, you, if you did that, you wouldn't be the first guest on this show to do to uh, admit to doing that. But, um, so there, you, you, there, you know what? I, didn't, I never wanted to do that because I'm the kind of person where I'm like, if I don't know how to do something, I want to learn how to do it first before I'm made to do it. Because <laughs> I'm a perfectionist in a world where you can't be perfect, so figure that out. But, um there was one time, though, where I had to do a match with a girl at a show. I did not go to that show prepared to wrestle at all because I was not prepared to wrestle. But they really needed a girls match, and it was just literally me and her. And actually, Demore kind of helped put it together. And, uh, yeah, that was my first match. It was slightly train wrecky. I got chopped in the eyeball. That was fun. Um, and, yeah, I was like, WTF <laughs> afterwards. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I probably started training not long after that. And, you know, I was getting a little bit bored, too. Managing was fun. Managing's always fun. You know what I mean? But I was just, you know, kind of doing the same little slots and the same matches. And I just, you know, I'm the kind of person where I always want to progress. And I just remember wanting to progress so badly. Because, honestly, when I first got into wrestling, I did not actually think I was going to be a wrestler. I just thought I was going to be a manager. It was all about getting Shawn Michaels to WrestleMania. 
I told you there's still time. So I, I didn't realize, right. jump in ahead a little bit. The one thing I didn't realize about you until I started doing some research for the uh, conversation that we're having is that uh, WWF, I guess at the time, signed you to uh, developmental. Uh, pretty much. Uh, no, it was WWE at that point. Oh, it was WWE. Um, yeah. And you went down, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, to Deep South Wrestling. How did that happen? And uh, what are your experiences and remembrances about uh, going down to Deep South? Um, uh, yeah, I, I probably started sending stuff to WWE in like, um, I don't know, beginning or mid-2004. Um, ODB and I were, were rooming together, and she had gone backstage to some TVs I never had at that point. Um, so her and I were traveling together a lot, so we ended up doing that. I think it was like the summer of '04, And then at the end of '04, they were doing like a Divas tryout camp kind of thing. And it was like half the girls were just like model girls or girlfriends or something else. And then half the girls were like indie girls. Um, so I went and did that at OVW. And I want to say about two days into the camp, I was verbally hired. Um, and then at the end of the camp, there was, I think raw raw was in Huntsville, Alabama and SmackDown was in Nashville. So we did both of those. And then I kind of got like, you know, the, we're going to hire you, get you a contract going, whatever. Um, and then I got it at the beginning of January 05. And I was given the option, like you can go straight to OVW and start right away, or you can wait until we start this brand new promotion, you know, just outside of Atlanta. And I was like, you know, OVW had a ton of people in it at the time. I thought it would be maybe best for me to, start fresh in a new place that would have a lot of attention on it instead of being put in OVW and possibly lost in the shuffle. Um, so that's how that all happened. Tommy Dreamer called me up and I was his first uh, hire when he got his position in the office in talent relations. Wow. That's a trivia question. Mm-hmm. And I was the, I was the one of the only people and for sure the only woman who um, was at Deep South literally from the day the doors opened until the day the doors shut two years later. So tell me about that. Uh, two good friend of mine, friends of mine, and both been on this podcast uh, are Bill DeMott and Jody Hamilton. Jody, actually, if it wasn't for Jody Hamilton, uh, I probably wouldn't have been in this crazy business. Um, but so tell I me- love Jody. Full of stories, awesome stories. Yeah, tell me about. Uh, Tell me about working with them. What were your thoughts on Bill and Jody individually and together and, and working down there in Georgia uh, where it's, it's sort of a different style? Uh, they, I know they're uh, very physical down there and a lot of exercises and uh, uh, basics. Yeah, it was very physical. That's for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm very – it was tough, but I also appreciate the whole experience. Um, do I, I mean, I wish I could have, uh, you know, progressed more like after it was shut down. Um, but you know, I got released quite soon after that. And, but then, you know, like I said, like when you look back at it about, you know, why things happen and whatever, um, had I stayed in WWE at that time, you know, Velvet and I would have never, like the beautiful people would have never happened because it was totally meant to happen on the exact road in the exact way that it did. So, um, you know, I'm very proud to say that I was the, you know, it was me and like 16 guys 
for the first like six months before they even brought like one other girl in. So, you know, I made it like those guys were so supportive of me, which I really appreciate, um, you know, and, and it always gave me like that extra motivation to try to outwork them because I didn't ever want anybody to be like, well, she's the girl, you know, and just do the girly thing. Like, I'm just not that kind of person. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was it was definitely an incredible experience. Like the first time, like I want to say within the first four weeks of being down there, my apartment got broke into. Um, thankfully, I was not there at the time, yeah. but it definitely it freaked me out because um, my cat was there, but he was OK. Um, but, you know, Bill and Lacey, his wife, Lacey, they took me in and had me live with them in their beautiful home for probably at least like a week or two until I was able to find um, another place to live. And then Bill also always made sure that, um, you know, one of the guys would accompany me, you know, to go grocery shopping to make sure I got in and out of my apartment safely. So um, that was really nice. You know, I made some, some lifelong friends there and um, it was definitely tough. You know, there's, I think just like any place there's good experiences and there's bad experiences. Um, But I'm, you know, I feel very fortunate uh, and proud to be able to say I did that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, to, you know, progress after that as well. So let me ask you a question. There's lots of stories and uh, I think even a lawsuit or two about Deep South wrestling over the years and uh, what went wrong. And if it was a style clash, uh, you know, corporate versus Southern. Uh, as somebody who was there throughout the whole thing, what do you, th- without, uh, you know, burying anybody because i don't want you to do that what what do you think went wrong with deep south you know and i honestly i wouldn't even be able to bury i don't know what happened um and and i'm totally fine with that because like i was never like ooh, you know try to get in with this person and find this i was just always so happy and so excited to be under wwe contract sure (laughs) You know, I had always wanted to be, and I don't even think it really crossed my mind to try to dip my nose in business that wasn't mine. So like the day that the doors shut, I, I ended up finding out, you know, as time passed later on, like so many people knew what was going on. And I was just kind of sitting there like this totally caught me by surprise. Um, there was a lot of things I was not privy to that were going on so you know when when corporate walked in and shut it down that day like you could not pick my job off the floor like I just could not believe what was going on I wish I had more to give you but I didn't I didn't know what happened with whom and why and all that kind of stuff I was just there training the day they walked in and they were like everybody sit down this is what's going on go home get dressed come back here tonight clean this place out and if anybody comes back they're fired and we were just like whoa and that, like, that was it. I pretty much heard that story before when I was in the uh, at the end of WCW. They uh, they don't play games when they were shutting you down. Hey, um, were you there? The um, I didn't plan on asking you this, but were you there when the quote unquote incident happened, where the the talent made a deal with Bill to get off early, and some shenanigans happened that uh, get, got back to corporate? Apparently, were you there that day? Oh yeah, make a deal Friday. Was <laughs> <laughs> was 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 it was it offensive? Uh, oh, that's that's difficult. Um, I mean, it's obviously not something that should probably happen. Uh, 
I, I, I don't believe at the time that that actually happened, anybody was trying to do anything malicious to each other, you know, like, because make a deal Friday just became a ridiculous thing sometimes. Cause sometimes we just did not want to train. <laughs> we just wanted to have a day off. We did not want to train and, you know, make a deal Friday sometimes, you know, included like we will do 2,500 squats right here, right now, just to not train and to like, the naked ear, that does not sound like a good deal, <laughs> but we actually did it that day and we went home. Um, but yeah, that, uh, gosh, that came out so many years later. And I just remember being like, Oh wow. Like there was definitely some, you know, bizarre things that went on there, but it was just a, just bizarre things happened at bizarre times. And I really don't even know how to describe it or explain it, uh, any other way than that. Be perfectly honest with you. One more question about it. When it was happening, did you the incident? Did what was anything going through your mind? Like, oh, uh, I hope this doesn't get out. I hope nobody has a picture. Or you would, you guys were just going with the flow, having a good time, making deals. I don't, I don't think I was thinking that at that time. Um, you know, worried about like you know if someone was recording it or, or taking a picture of it or whatever. Um, I just remember that's just. Yeah, that's just what some of the guys, that's just how they, uh, how, I guess how, they, I don't want to say how they were, but like, we just, like I said, just a lot of ridiculous stuff happened. Um, of course, when you see it years later, it's like, Ooh, that looks bad. <laughs> but I remember at the time I was just, I was most likely not paying that much attention. Um, because like I said, I was just at that point when stuff like that was going on, I was getting pretty burnt out. Um, and I was, I could tell you that I was probably just thinking like, how can I just go home and rest right now? And how can I get out of training today? And when am I going to be getting up on TV? Like besides that, I wasn't thinking probably too much else about it. Um, was it ridiculous? Yes, of course. Was it make a deal Friday? Yes, it was. Could there have been something better that could have gone on that day? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Hindsight is always twenty twenty. So you head to TNA, uh, and that's where the magic happened. Did you realize at the time that uh, I had ODB on uh, this podcast a couple weeks ago, and I asked her the same question. Did you realize at the actual time that the TNA knockouts division would help change the landscape of women's wrestling? Or at that point, were you just happy to have a gig and a uh, place to hone your craft and paycheck? Well, you know, when I got released from WWE, I was devastated. Like I was only 25 years old, you know, and I thought I had this, you know, gigantic, illustrious WrestleMania filled career ahead of me. So I was like super devastated when I got released. Um, and it was a difficult time, but you know, I was working and, you know, I was signed to TNA within five months of being released from WWE. So it was a short, you know, turnover time. Um, but you know me, like I've always wanted to be involved in, really making women's wrestling amazing. You know, I've been obsessed with wrestling for my whole life. And um, I've always wanted you know, to make a name for myself that was synonymous with paving the way and, you know, being involved in really amazing, talented women's wrestling storylines and matches and companies and everything. So um, I don't think any of us knew how big it would be when we, first started it, but I think all of us definitely had the hope and dream in our hearts, you know, that what we were starting was going to be something magical. And, you know, all of us were brought there at that time for that reason. And it absolutely took off. And I know that that's something that all of us, you know, hold so near and dear to our hearts. Um, we're so proud of it. 
you know, and, and thankfully we had the backing of the company. We had the backing of the owners. We had the backing of, you know, our, all the guys that we worked with, you know, would, would give us, you know, constructive criticism. They would help us with our matches. They would give us ideas. They were super supportive. They watched our stuff, you know, they helped us get better. And the fans too, like the, it, that was just what the fans were looking for at that time. And we were delivering. And that was a huge thing, not only for the company, but for all of us personally too. Sure. So the evolution of the beautiful people, whose idea was it to put you guys together? How did it evolve to, uh, to, to what it became and how much input did you and, and, and Velvet have in, in the whole process? Oh, we had an incredible amount of input. It was our idea to do a tag team. Cause like when the, when the knockout division first started, every girl was doing like their own singular character. Right. And, and I usually call her Tal Velvet and I, had so many similarities just in like, you know, we always dressed really pretty. We always wore makeup. We always did our hair. Um, when we, you know, would get into our gear for wrestling, it was always like cute little two piece outfits, maybe mini skirts, fishnets, you know, square shells of glitter. There was so many things. And then like when we would hang out, you know, we had this same ridiculous, you know, sense of humor. We were always making each other laugh. Like we were inseparable. So we were like, Hey, you know, everyone's doing like this one thing by themselves. Why don't we do something together? No one else is doing it. We wanted to do something that was different that would stick out. Um, and so, yeah, we, we came up with that. Um, they came up with our names. Um, and we actually wanted to call ourselves Velvet Love Entertainment because we're like, we, our names are straight up porn star names. (laughs) (laughs) So we thought if we called ourselves Velvet Love Entertainment, that was just kind of our way of just going with it because it sounds like a company, you know. Um, but then it was actually Vince. So we went to Vince Russo and told him that we wanted to be a tag team and we wanted to do this tag team stable character kind of thing. And he actually came up with the name The Beautiful People. And I remember at first I didn't like it because I was like, oh, we're going to be a the <laughs> Like the beautiful people. Oh, I really didn't want to be a the. I don't know why, but it just it just didn't strike me as something. But you know, once we started going, I mean, oh my gosh, like you were there. Everything just like everything worked and everything fell into place and everything came together. Then you know, Velvet and I had such a close relationship with Vince. He's such a good dude. I don't care what anybody says about that man. I adore him to pieces. He worked with Velvet and I so much. He always made sure we were on the shows. Um, he always gave us the ball and let us run with it. He was so easy to get along with, easy to work with. And, you know, as artists, we appreciate not being uber controlled. And, you know, like I said, with Vince just giving us the ball and letting us run with it, he totally trusted us and we trusted him. And that's why everything just worked out so well for all of us. I remember actually uh, to this day when you guys first uh, uh, choreographed your ring entrance and uh, and and the camera they had the before the show started they had the cameras out there and uh, you know deciding who was going to uh, you know shoot who and what direction and you know it was it was back back for that time it was uh, it was I want to say what's the word I'm I'm thinking of it was uh, provocative sure did you have any worries that's, about that's- about that or no 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 because like i said at the time it was it was perfect for the time you know um and and that's the thing like 
we're, we're, we're women in wrestling. Like there's always going to be a sex appeal thing, you know, and that was also very much so mine and Velvet's characters. Like we were, you know, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie in the simple life meets mean girls. You know, like total princess bitches, totally full of ourselves, heel characters, you know, like, you know, you can look, but you can't touch kind of stuff. And, um, you know, like you got to be pretty and you got to be sexy and you got to be able to do this. But one of the things that I loved about it so much is that on the surface, just by the way we looked, we were so judgeable, you know, but I loved being I I actually invited people like judging me in a negative way and then getting in the ring and totally proving them wrong. And that's what I liked about. That's what I always liked about the uh, the your your characters is uh, you know they're uh, you know natural heels and and you rubbed it in people's faces and it, you know that's the fun part of of wrestling I think uh, and you, when you could do that without really you know you don't really have to say much or or do much just from uh, visuals and and attitude and and I thought you guys did a great job. Um, so you were in and out of TNA, I think, three or four times over the years. Um, do you have a favorite moment when you look back? You know what? I always say that um, I wish everybody could have been in TNA circa 2007 to 2010. <laughs> like, that was so much fun. Like, when I left WWE, you know, like I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be on pay-per-view. I wanted to travel. Like I wanted to share my talents with the world and I just didn't get that opportunity. But like, as soon as I went to TNA, I mean, we started on pay-per-view. It was bound for glory, you know, uh, October, 2007. Um, and then it was just like TV, TV, TV. Then it was a UK tour and house shows. And it was just like, yes, (laughs) this is what I wanted. And, you know, TNA was super thriving at the time and it was so much fun. Like I just wish that everybody who's ever been a part of TNA could have been in TNA from 2007 to 2010 because we were rocking and having a blast at that time. Yeah, it was fun. It was good stuff. Um, Did you ever have any contact uh, in those years from WWF? And if so, how hard was it to turn them down? In between there, um, so the first time when I had left, there was a, a visa uh, discrepancy. Um, and then the second time I quit the company, um, third time I got pregnant. <laughs> so I was still under, I was still under contract, but I was, um, I was doing hair and makeup for the girls stage. Cause obviously I could not physically compete. Um, and then the fourth time was just August, 2017. And I asked for my release. Um, so, yeah, just just being uh, in and out. But you know what I mean? Like, ebb and flow. Like, I feel like that's kind of how it goes. You know, good ideas and not good ideas. Being happy, being unhappy. Like, you know, with a company. That, that You know, like, and I think it's good, too, because, like, I remember when I came back from the, the time where I had, I mean, I was champ at the time. Like, I was, like, riding high. That was devastating when that went down. But I remember when I came back, I was so happy. And I did, we did have a little bit of contact at that time, but I think because there was like that visa issue, like nobody kind of wanted to touch that, but it really was TNA's responsibility to rectify that mistake. Um, so I remember coming back from that, I was just so happy and so relieved because that was like a four month, incredibly stressful, emotional roller coaster. Um, and then I want to say in like 2013, just a phone call but that was it 
Do you follow Do you follow Impact Wrestling now? And if so, uh, any thoughts on the current knockout division? Um, I don't uh, catch the shows, but I, I obviously see a lot of things online. Um, I, I, oh, I wish I could comment bigger than I'm going to be able to comment. I don't really know what a lot of the storylines are. Um, I think I just saw at Homecoming that Rosemary returned, so that's awesome. I think her and Sue Young could probably do something really cool. Um, you know, I know they've got Gail um, doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes with the girls, and that's that's a really huge asset to the division. So that's good. Any thoughts on? And I know, like the girls, the girls that are there, the girls that are there, are obviously happy. Um, and I just hope that anybody who's you know on TV or, or working for a promotion or doing whatever they're doing and and living their dream and enjoying their job, I'm happy for them. Any thoughts on Tessa Blanchard? Third generation wrestler. Have you gotten to see her work? I um, I don't know Tessa that well. I met her at WrestleCon. Um, yeah, WrestleCon 2018 in New Orleans. Uh, every you know we're we're women. All of us were meeting up in the bathroom having conversations, and I feel like we she walked in there and like there was a bunch of <laughs> like touching up our hair and makeup, and that was actually the first time I've met her. Um, she was sweet. I think she got knockout of the year for 2018. So that's awesome. Um, I know she's definitely done a lot of work uh, up through the Indies and she's been very successful. So, I mean, good for her. That's awesome. Any thoughts on Dixie Carter as we uh, uh, end uh, the, the, the TNA part of your career? What do you mean by any thoughts on Dixie? <laughs> any, any thoughts on, on, on your relationship with Dixie that you care to share? Um, uh, there's some people that think she's, uh, you know, she did a wonderful job. There's some people that think she may not done as good a job. And, uh, uh, I, I always like to ask TNA talents if they have any thoughts on Dixie Carter and, and it's always mixed, you know, met some people, you know, care. I had ODB on and she really didn't want to, she didn't really have anything good to say, but then I had Matt Morgan on and he told the story about when him and his wife were trying to conceive a child and they couldn't conceive and, uh, Dixie flew them up, to, uh, to nashville and put them up at her house and uh set up an appointment with their fertility doctor so uh so you know you you hear all sorts of things but she's a controversial character because she was the owner she was the owner of a company uh who made herself a television character and eventually for whatever Uh reason the company had to be sold and 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 a lot of the onus for whatever reason is on her so i'm just wondering what your experience is were with her so i don't think she should have ever been an on-screen character First and foremost, I don't think she should have ever um, been an on-screen character. Um, I, when we first started, I liked Dixie. Um, I felt like she was very supportive. This is when we first started. I felt like she was very supportive of the girls. Um, I thought it was cool that, you know, a woman in her position was getting involved in wrestling. I was like, hell yeah, girl power. You know, like, like I said, we were all so happy to be there. But then... You, you know, and I remember one time too, like I was, I had dating someone and we broke up and I was really upset and I was at TV and like, she stood in the bathroom at like the TVs at, um, at Universal Studios and she talked to me for like five or 10 minutes. And I remember thinking like that was really sweet, but that side of her disappeared. Um, and I think she was very easily influenced by people who were not giving her the best advice. Um, and she, she just, she went from somebody who I felt like really cared 
about her talent and even like you know how's your family how's your how's your relationship going how are your how's this how's that that like disappeared and that like she you know it, going from her feeling like she cared about us to feeling like she didn't give a you know what um that definitely happened i think she got a lot of bad advice i think once she put herself on tv um her head got a little bit big um and then just a lot of bad decisions were made and I think it makes complete sense that what happened to the company happened because when you make a ton of bad decisions, that that kind of stuff is going to happen. So um, I just feel like it's very unfortunate because I know at first I really liked her. And then years later, it was just like, mm, not quite that way anymore. <laughs> Lauren, you did a really good job with that. Congratulations. Was that, was that good? I really yes. <laughs> Yes, really that, that was well. well. You know, I, I hosted at Starcast a, a panel on uh, on TNA wrestling, and uh, your uh, tag team partner uh, was not as 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 composed, let's say, uh, about her feelings sure. as uh, as as you were. So, <laughs> right, uh, right. That uh, that 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 was very d- well done and uh, politically okay, uh, po- politically uh, uh, thumbs up. Correct. So okay. Okay. Good job. Um, and I, and nothing I could use probably as a, uh, as a, as, as a, uh, a headline or anything like that. So you did yourself proud. Hey, um, <laughs> uh, I'd be remiss. There's a couple subjects I wanted to ask you about because professional wrestling is changing so much and the women's, uh, part of professional wrestling is, uh, certainly changing right along with it. I know as uh, original knockout, um, you guys, uh, had a lot of influence in all of that. Uh, Right now, all elite wrestling is uh, sort of a big deal. Um, I know that they have a women's division. What are your thoughts on the company overall being a player? Uh, and what are your thoughts on potentially being a part of all elite? Oh my God. Are you, I think it's, I think it is fabulous. Um, you know, as a, as a wrestler, like as a performer, but also as a fan, cause we're all fans. That's why we got into this, you know, sure. I love I love seeing stuff like this happen. Like, you know, for, for these guys to say, we're going to do this and we're just going to put everything out there. Like I commend for that. I think it's exciting. I think it's exactly what the wrestling world needs. Um, you know, people want to see some real competition for WWE. You know, WWE has been number one forever. Um, and I think now, something is happening that's never happened before. And it's like, you know, maybe WWE is not the be all and end all of, you know, things to do and places to go in pro wrestling, you know? Um, and like, if you look at, you know, the Bucks never even worked for WWE and look what they've done for themselves and look what Cody and Brandy have done for themselves since they left as well. You know, there is success and there is major life outside of WWE. And um, I love the fact that they're starting a promotion. It makes It just makes me so happy. Um, I'm so excited for them. I'm so excited for all of us. I'm so excited for the fans. You know, I love that the fans are just losing their minds about it. You know, it makes it, it makes it that much more exciting. And it shows too, like that they want to see something different too. And I think that the story that like the Bucks have and that, you know, Cody and Brandy have, like they can just take this and say, see, we can come from this and we can make this and we don't need anybody, you know, like that helping us out. Like we can do this on our own. And I'm so excited to see where it goes. Like I was at Starcast, um, 
And I remember walking into the hotel and I was like the wrestling angels were just singing all around me. I, I was like, oh, my gosh, like it was so professional. And Conrad is awesome at getting, you know, all those things together. Like it was so professional, like it was just star cast and all in everything. Like, you know, the the, the room keys said star cast on them, the little sleeves in the room keys, the bottles of water. Bottles of water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I every, think the Sharpies. Little, I think I think the Sharpies said Starcast. Oh my gosh, it's amazing! Every little detail was covered, and like that's oh, that's just so like refreshing to see, and it's so fun. It's like yes, this is a big deal, and it was a big deal, and um, oh, I just think they're going to be so successful. I really do. If All In and Starcast doesn't, you know, kind of show you what they can do and where they could go, I don't know what can. But I'm. So, so, so excited as a worker and as a fan for um, all elite wrestling. And I cannot, I absolutely cannot wait to see what happens this year with it. Moving on to the other company, uh, there's the WWE Women's Revolution been going on. Uh, definitely a higher profile uh, than than they used to be. And the uh, thoughts of uh, women headlining WrestleMania. Uh, how, how do you think that WWE is done with uh, with women's wrestling? And uh, and and what do you think uh, of uh, potentially a women's match headlining the biggest wrestling event of the year? Oh, I think the women are doing great. Um, Obviously, like they they have so many talented women there and they bust their asses, man. Those girls have some hardcore matches. Um, I think it's amazing. You know, I think for a long time, maybe WWE kind of took their time hopping on the women's revolution or, you know, knockouts, whatever, when we were, you know, doing the division, took them a while to kind of get on board. But like, you know, you, like I said, ebb and flow with wrestling. Like if you want your company to succeed and still have the support of its fans. Like you have to know what the fans want to see and you have to give that to them, you know? Um, and I, you know, the people really want to see the women, like look what Becky Lynch is doing. Hello. <laughs> it's like one of the biggest things in women's wrestling right now. And I, I think that is obviously an incredibly huge deal. Um, if a women's match headlines, WrestleMania, I mean, it'll be the first, the first in history, you know, that, that, and I'm sure that the girls that are doing it are just like, they can't even believe life right now. You know, like they probably never would have thought, you know, growing up or getting into the business that that would be an opportunity given to them. So I think it's amazing. You think there's any, or have you heard of any resentment uh, at all of Ronda Rousey jumping in and becoming the face of, of the division? And what are your thoughts on her as far as uh, uh, becoming a pro wrestler and adapting to this, uh, our, our business? I actually think she's done well. Um, you know, I, it's, it's cut, you know, for people who have, you know, been involved in pro wrestling for like, you know, 15 years or whatever, just say, so you're just kind of like hop into WWE. You know, I can see how people are kind of like, Hey, but like, don't forget, like Ronda Rousey is Ronda Rousey. Like she's been doing jujitsu and martial arts and wrestling like her whole life, professional wrestling, like WWE. No, but I mean, she's been involved in, in this kind of sport, you know, for, for her whole life. She's a, she's a, completely decorated champion. Everybody knows who she is. So I think she's done well in adapting because I think for people like her coming from where she came from, you're under like a super critical microscope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially like going straight into WrestleMania sure. or, you know, becoming, becoming a women's champion so quickly. I think she's done really well. 
I really, really do. And, and it seems like a lot of people have been very supportive of her too. So, you know, if she got booed before, yeah, do people, you know, crap on her? Yeah. But I mean, literally that happens to everybody. So um, I think her adaptation from like UFC to WWE has, I think she's done really well. And plus you have uh, uh, people like you mentioned, like Becky Lynch, who organically have have gotten over to a huge point. So when something like that happens, that's not planned, like a Rusev day or, uh, uh, the uh, you know, I'm the man, Becky Lynch, uh, and, and WWE is forced to go with it because uh, the fans are going with it. Uh, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of times it changes direction. And uh, uh, I, uh, I I think that, uh, that, that, you know, that might have been one of the reasons why she's – uh, you know, been booed. Sure. And I mean, like with Becky, you know, I don't think you're going to put anybody in the ring against Becky right now. And they're going to cheer them over Becky, <laughs> like no matter who you are, you know what I mean? But that's what I'm talking about. Like paying attention to what the fans want, like fans want edgy right now. You know what I mean? And WWE is so PG, but she's very edgy with what she's doing and what she's saying. I don't know if you follow her Twitter. She's hilarious. Um, but that's what they want to see. And that's why, like, it literally just takes that one thing. You know what I mean? She, yeah. Charlotte beat her and she slapped her and the freaking world went crazy. Like, like, that's all you need to do sometimes, you know, and um, right place, right time. I think a lot of people wanted to see something big happen for her. And um, it's just like what, what me and Velvet were doing. She's just going with it. She's just being, you know, the, the sarcastic side of herself and she's having a ball and she's just going with it. And it's going really, really well for her. It, yeah, it's I'm funny. Sure she's loving it. I'm sure she is. It's funny. I don't really follow the week to week. You know, I DVR the shows, but I don't really follow. And and uh, this was during a period where I really wasn't watching them. I didn't have much interest. And like in three weeks or four weeks, all of a sudden, Becky Lynch like was over huge. And I I had to go back, yeah. you know, because doing a podcast. Every and you know week. what? I don't wa- I don't watch the shows. I just catch everything on like online news. <laughs> yeah, I had to go back and 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 try to figure out what got her over so much. And you're right. It's just her personality. Hey, fantasy booking 101, because that's always fun. Uh, what would a Ronda Rousey beautiful people feud look like? And how much fun would that be? Oh, my gosh. We would have to paper bag her and give her a makeover. <laughs> exactly. 100%. That's exactly what Velvet and I would do if it was like, you know, 2008. <laughs> we would totally catch her from behind. We'd take the braids out of her hair. We'd we we would give her our own makeup and tell her that she looks so much better than what they do to her. That's what we would do. <laughs> well, since uh, since we're still talking fantasy, it's uh, 2018. Any any uh, interest if no, they were not, to come? Be- it ain't 2018 anymore. Oh, Dave. 2019. Get, get with the get with the new year. <laughs> yes, 2019. My bad. Uh, but uh, it's 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 about 10, 11 years later was my point. Uh, any interest if WWE came and said, hey, we'd like to do this angle and brown bagger, uh, would, uh, would there be any interest on your part? Uh, you know what? I just don't see it happening because there's been so much time where they could have done something um, because Velvet and I are so so established outside of the company that just might be something that they might not be interested in um, because they kind of have their own things like that there. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, and also like, like I've been doing this for almost 19 years, you know, I want to be on the up and up with what I'm doing. I want to have creative freedom and, you know, 
be able to make sure that like I'm protected and, you know, me and Velvet, like we're, we're so protective of what we made and we should be, you know, and we wouldn't want to just give that to someone else and be like, here you go. Here's our thing we've done for 11 years, which is still super successful that everybody still wants to see. And, you know, just do what you will with it. We would never do that. Um, so unless something was done really right, um, you know, Velvet doesn't physically compete anymore. She's retired from physically competing. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Just, ne- you know, never say anymore. Like, who knows? <laughs> when you think something sounds completely impossible, it could happen the next day. Like, we've all seen it happen in life. So, uh, um, as as is pro wrestling, Dave Penzer. Exactly. Hey, thank you for your time. I'm going <laughs> to wind it down in just a little bit. Uh, I'd be remiss if well, I did I wanted to... I- to actually thank you because you are such an incredible ring announcer and you always made us sound like a million bucks when we were coming to the ring so i appreciate it oh thank you it's my pleasure it's my honor that was very nice of you to say uh now I'm bringing this up. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about an incident that happened on an indie show last weekend. Uh, we don't have to get into the gory details. Uh, I think most people know what I'm talking about. And uh, I'm just wondering uh, what your thoughts are on on, on what happened. And uh, uh, I think I think my, my thoughts on what happened, I put on my Twitter account. I just put WTF and then I use the emoji of the girl with the hand over her face. <laughs> Now, there's some people, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. There's some people, including the girl, and I don't know the girl, you might know her, who have, who have made a point to say, uh, why is it, why are you guys giving me such a hard time when everybody's cool with Joey Ryan having a super penis? Uh, What would you say to something like that? So I... (laughs) In general, like, I get it. You know what I mean? Joey Ryan's doing this thing. Guys do hardcore stuff. Guys bleed. This stuff happens. Why can't girls do it? Like, in a bubble, like, I get it. To me, personally, I thought that was beyond disgusting. I was just like, what? I didn't even know what I saw when it first happened. I... To me, that is not women's wrestling. Uh, just my personal opinion, I thought it was so disgusting because when you really think about what that is, where it comes from, and what it's for, it's just like, you know, eh, I just don't think that's necessary. <laughs> yeah, did you see it? It's just not, just not my, yeah. Yeah, I watched the clip, and uh, I was, no. I did, too. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, no. I'll, I'll, I'll never be able to get that back. I'll always have no. that in my head. I, I'm not, I'm not um, high-fiving that happening at all. No. <laughs> so I always I always love to uh, to talk to people who were uh, uh, do the, did the Family Feud, because it's one of my favorite shows, and I know Steve Harvey's a blast. Uh, and I know you did Family Feud when you were in TNA, so tell me a little bit about... Uh, doing family feud and, and how, how much fun it was and if it's harder than it looks. Oh my God. It's so much harder than it looks. <laughs> oh, I was, I was talking to my, my cousin actually over the Christmas break, my son and I went to Toronto to spend time with family. And uh, my cousin was talking to me about this. He's like, yeah, family feud, family feud. And I was like, man, that was a lot. Okay. So first of all, it was a total honor to be on the show. Obviously like everybody watched it growing up. Um, Steve Harvey is so cool. His teeth are so gigantic and blindingly white. Um, 
but he was he was really cool. It was a really cool, really fun day. I was very, very appreciative that I got chosen to do it. Um, and I kept my name tag, too. I actually found out later on you're not allowed to, but I still have my Angelina name tag. Um, it, we, I think it was the first, so we did, God, it was so long day, Dave. Like, we were there, like, at least 10 hours, I feel like. Like, we filmed five shows in one day. Right. That's and, how it's done. you know, there's. Yeah, and there's breaks in between, and, you know, we were so tired, and we hit a point where, like, I think the first game was the only game where we did well. <laughs> like, like I think, I'm pretty sure it was just the first one, and then, like, after, I don't know, I was telling my cousin about this, I was like, I don't know where they get some of their answers from, but, like, I know for a fact that on the girl team, we would give an answer, and we were like, oh, for sure, a hundred percent. This is one of the answers. Like, yes, good answer, good answer. And then it would be like, no, next. And we were like, wait a minute, what? How is that? That that has to be an answer. There's no way that's not one of the answers. And it was almost like that was happening every time for us. <laughs> like we just weren't hitting anything. And then I was, I think, during one of the breaks, in between like one of the tapings, I asked someone, and I can't even remember who it was. I was like where like who are you guys polling <laughs> and like where where are you getting your answers from because there's no way that we're giving like the most like the most obvious legitimate answers and are not even on the board like not even the fifth choice like where are you guys how is this not working right now and they were like oh we go to malls and we pull people there and we go here and we pull people there and i was just like oh yeah, they do. They go to malls. I, I, don't, I don't know if they still do but it. You know what, After such a long day, it just got frustrating. So by the end of the day, we were just like, ah. <laughs> and I think Steve felt really bad for us because he came over and talked to us. And he's like, listen, I really appreciate you guys. I know you're tired. I know you're annoyed. You're doing well. We're going to give you guys this. And then we'll just. And we were like, okay, thanks. <laughs> it's like a, it was like a parting gift. Like, thank you for participating and doing so awful. We had a blast. Like, it was fun. But at but we were getting frustrated with not getting any answers. And then, it, like I said, it was such a long day. Such a long day. We were just tired and over it by the time it was done. But it's still, you know what I mean? Like, people still tweet us about it. I swear we did it in, like, 2010 or 2011, maybe. So, I mean, yes. you know, it's like seven or eight years later. It's just still being shown. People are still watching it on YouTube. People are still, you know, tweeting us like, oh, we saw you guys on Family Feud. It was hilarious. So, definitely a... a a, a extremely cool experience to be a part of. Yeah, if I remember correctly, there was a little uh, a little uh, tension between the girl team and the the, the guy team, and uh, and and I think that's where your frustration kind of came in because they were kind of razzing you a bit. If I remember right. Oh, they were they were oh my god they were killing us killing us, and at that point we were just you know what I mean like I don't know if you know this but like you know if there's a woman who's annoyed and tired like just throw a chocolate at her and run away like don't razz her <laughs> <laughs> and like and that's and that's what they were doing and we were just like claws are coming out <laughs> yeah it's kind of uh the backstage shenanigans of professional wrestling meets a game show that's why i find it so much fun to talk about it's it because all shenanigans, Dave. Yeah. it's all shenanigans Speaking of, of of not shenanigans, I know you're a lot. Of, you're doing a lot of stuff now on YouTube and have some other projects going. So I just want to give you an opportunity to tell the people uh, that listen about what you're, you're you're doing, where they can find you. Yeah, um, Velvet and I have an appearance in Vegas uh, at the Glamour Under the Stars convention. 
um, January 25th, we will be there. And I've got some independent bookings um, coming up throughout February and March. And then Velvet and I will again be at WrestleCon um, in April. So um, everything's filling up. It's looking really good. And yeah, like I got on this YouTube train because my son, who turned three on St. Patrick's Day, he loves to um, watch learning video- videos. Thank goodness doesn't watch like mindless nonsense he loves learning videos on youtube and um like he'll he'll you know he'll get on my phone or my pad and he'll just kind of flip through videos and i kind of watch and he gets so much enjoyment out of watching them and he learns a lot like like sometimes i'll let him watch the ipad for like five or ten minutes before he goes to bed and i can hear him like out of the room counting like along with whatever, you know, is counting on the video that he's watching or whatever. And he just, or I'll just hear him start to start laughing, like belly laughing. And I'm like, what is he laughing at? And he's watching something, it's making him laugh, you know? So I was like, oh my gosh, like this would be something really fun. Like I want to be a part of this. You know, I, besides helping him learn, like, you know, parents help their children learn. I wanted to find like a different and fun and, you know, unconventional way of, of also doing it. Um, so then, yeah, I just got with a friend of mine who is a former editor for TNA and, um, you know, we got something called Mimi's world. It's a YouTube channel M E E M E E S and Mimi's world. And Mimi is very easy for, you know, a, a, an infant or a toddler to pronounce. Sure. Um, so we decided to do, we decided to do that and started making, um, some children's educational and entertainment videos. And then I also decided to do just a YouTube channel of my own too, because, you know, I got a lot coming up and, you know, I feel like it's a good way to just be like, cause you know, everybody wants to know like, what do you do when you're off time? And you know, what's it like when you're traveling or when you got this going on, what's behind the scenes over here look like. And, you know, I just thought like, man, there's so many things and even just random things too. Like I have a video coming out. I should be able to get it up tomorrow. Um, my, my, my personal channel is called and Lena. Um, and it's literally everything. It's makeup and beauty. It's fitness. It's food. It's, working out on a plane at, you know, 5:40 AM it's behind the scenes. It's you know, it'll be funny stuff. And so I'm just, you know, I just felt like I had so much to like film and to share and I could put some really cool videos together that people would be really interested in watching. So just more, not that I need more. <laughs> you know, I just thought that that would be something really interesting to get into as well. So it's called about Angelina. And uh, you can subscribe to that. And then Mimi's World as well. And if uh, they want to find you on Twitter, I have it pulled up right in front of me. A At actual A love, correct? Yes. Yes. I, I want it to be actual because I feel like when I got Twitter, everybody at the time was official. Official something, official someone, official thing. So I was like actual, actual A love. There we go. That is my Twitter account. <laughs> Always unique. Hey, Lauren, thank you so much for your time and, and, and your Thanks, honesty. Dave. I appreciate it. And the kind words, too. And uh, Absolutely. I, I hope to see you at the next StarCast in Vegas, speaking of Vegas, uh, that they just announced. So uh, yeah. hopefully hey, we'll, we'll see. Hey, best of luck to you and uh, stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I want to thank Angelina. Her, her name is Lauren, by the way. So I went back and forth between calling her by her real name and her stage name. But I want to thank Lauren uh, for uh, for her honesty. And uh, I still think a Ronda Rousey Beautiful People segment, at least, would be a fun little bit of nostalgia. But uh, 
uh, you, like like she said in wrestling, you never know. Anything's possible. Uh, but that would be fun for sure. And uh, down the road, uh, hope to get her tag team partner, Velvet Sky, on sitting ringside as well. But a fun interview with Angelina, and I thank her for her honesty. And uh, check her out uh, on her projects that she has online uh Mimi's World M E E M E E apostrophe S Mimi's World uh if you have uh toddlers or young children and if you want to follow her personal YouTube channel that just kicked off you could go to about Angelina and it's pretty self-explanatory uh and it should be a lot of fun so I want to thank her again uh looking forward to making it happen with Teddy Hart hopefully next week on City Ringside and uh it's an interesting time as we've said for professional wrestling a lot of stuff going on a lot of talent out there and there's a lot of places to go a lot of money floating around and uh it'll be fun to follow where everything falls and to see if all elite could get off the ground and where they land on television and how they do uh so we'll be tracking it for you right here on this little podcast and until next time i'm david penzer still city ringside take care follow david penzer on twitter at david penzer Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. If you love motorcycles, I invite you to listen to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, Alan Lane, a.k.a. Mr. Black Moses. On Life in the Fast Lane, I'll be talking with everyone about everything motorcycles. If it has two wheels, and in some cases three, it's fair game for us. Road racing, drag racing, stunt riding, custom bikes, gear, motorcycle clubs. Everyone from pro racers, brand ambassadors, industry insiders, and celebrities to the rider from right up the block. You'll hear them all right here on Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, Alan Lane, a.k.a. Mr. Black Moses. Life in the Fast Lane can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. 